Navigating life can be hard, but today it can get a little easier. Welcome to Actualized Potential with Cheyenne Sandoval. Welcome back to our, what is this, seventh seventh episode of Actualized Potential. It's your homegirl, Cheyenne Sandoval, and we are back after the holidays. Like, we made it through, guys. This is, what, January 3rd? January 2nd. No January 3rd. I don't know my dates. Anyways, everything just gets clumbled together. Clumbled together? Don't mind my English, because it's not English. Anyways, what I was saying is that we completely made it through all the holidays. Good job, guys. Round of applause. We did it. Um, Thanksgiving was wonderful for me, and so was Christmas. It was so great to finally see my whole family again because over Thanksgiving, my uncle actually had COVID. So my aunt, my uncle, and my cousin wasn't able to come to Thanksgiving. So it was kind of even smaller than it usually is. Because I have a pretty small family. It's just my grandma, my grandpa, my mom, my brother, and I. So that's who all was at Thanksgiving. And then I usually have my aunt, my uncle, and my cousin. So it's like, I guess average, but at least compared to Caleb's family, who has like 19 people show up on Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's pretty small. But regardless, I hope everyone has had a wonderful week and a wonderful holidays wonderful holiday season. Yeah, I was going to go with that. Dear Lord, help me. And with that, I'm going to get into my high and low for the week and my buffalo, obviously. So my high was obviously Christmas. It was actually wonderful. And I actually got the day after Christmas off that Monday. So I got a paid holiday, which was really awesome. I got to spend it just resting and being with Caleb we actually had dinner with my mom, which was really great. And then right back into the grind I went on Tuesday. My low for the week. I don't really have a low. That's a good thing. I'll take it. And then I suppose my buffalo would actually be today. I came home from the gym and I went to my mailbox because like at the townhouse section that I'm at, like we have our separate mailbox. And I was picking up what I just believed to be my scrubs for esthetician school that I had gotten a delivery notification for. But when I went to go look, there was a government issued package in there. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I know what this is because it didn't feel like six weeks, but I guess it was six weeks ago. I applied for my passport, my first passport ever because I'm a big girl. And it was honestly like pretty surreal because... I never thought in a million years when I was like 10 that I would ever be able to travel or go anywhere. Like, I didn't believe I would ever have a passport because I was so poor that like, I just did not have it in my mind that it was even a possibility for me. So seeing it in my hands and like looking at one, because I'd never seen one like up close in person before. So that was crazy to see. And I got my birth certificate back. My birth certificate back. 
because you know they take the original whenever you apply for the passport and then they send it back to you but yeah that was really great it was so wild because it was like a new chapter that was like reflected in my mail like it's not that deep I know it's not but like I've been looking at things like that because I got a book in the mail that I had pre-ordered called financial feminist from a podcaster that I really love so it was like symbolizing all of my new found financial success and then I'm going to be going back to school and then I'm going to be able to travel this upcoming year and I'm just it's just crazy I just never thought I'd see myself like this when I was like a younger teenage girl like I never thought that I'd be out of the house at like 18 like financially stable it's crazy but yeah that's my high low buffalo and for the song of the week I think I'm gonna go with like low-key a throwback it's not that big of a throwback but anyways if you are a Disney Channel OG and you know Sabrina Carpenter and you love her like I do you know the song Thumbs by Sabrina Carpenter and I absolutely adore it because when it came out like I didn't really understand the lyrics that much but now that I'm older and I really understand it's like a new side to the song that I never saw before like for instance there's a lyric that says like they think they're working for themselves so they get up every day to go to work for someone else and somebody works for them so they think they've got it made but they're all just working to get paid the very same and I was like whoa like, whoa, because we think we're doing such a good job, like going into work every day, like, yeah, I'm going to go get my bag. But like, we're just working for somebody else, making them even more rich. And they're just giving us the scraps. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, like, I need to get my bag up, like mine, my bag. I need to get into it because working for somebody else my whole life, just not going to do it for me. No. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just thinking way too deep into it because that's a common occurrence with me. Speaking of thinking, that brings me into our topic of the week, which is going to be how powerful our mind is. And that kind of brings me to a quote by Marcus Aurelius that I really like, which is, change your thoughts and you'll change your world. So I've been going like binging numerous podcasts about like mentality and you know, scientific studies on everything. And it's fascinating, y'all. Like, starting with the placebo effect. Technically, the placebo effect is a beneficial health outcome that has resulted from a person's anticipation that an intervention will help. So, you know how they have studies in science class where they're like, this group A, like, took a placebo pill, which is basically a sugar pill. And they were just like mentally convinced that things were changing for them while the other group actually had a new medicine and I've always found that pretty fascinating but I started being so into this that I ended up doing some of my own research and found three specific studies that I thought were really interesting but before we get into those I want to discuss the placebo effect so technically the placebo effect is believing that a result will happen from like a person's anticipation that an intervention will help. So you remember in science class when they had the group A and group B and the group A would always take a sugar pill and then the group B would have a medicine. 
And, you know, they would have to weigh against the evidence between both groups, whether or not the medicine worked or not. So there's research by a professor, Ted Kapchuk of Harvard, and he says that the placebo effect is more than just positive thinking. Believing a treatment or procedure will work. It's about creating a stronger connection between the brain and the body and how they work together. That's originally what, like, fascinated me when I was in school because I was like, how could a plain old sugar pill, like, make a difference in somebody's life? And, you know, studies have shown whether or not the drug worked or not. Usually the placebo group will feel a fraction, you know, of a difference, even if it's all in their head. Which is just wild, you know? So getting an overview of that was basically just an appetizer. But starting with our first story slash study um it was conducted by a dr Aaliyah crumb at yale university and her colleagues over there she gave 46 volunteers the same milkshake it was a 380 calorie milkshake and either they were told it was a sensible low calorie choice or an indulgent high calorie one so dr crumb and the researchers at yale basically measured the amount of ghrelin in the person's gastrointestinal intestinal tract. Excuse me, I don't know how to speak. And ghrelin is basically your hunger hormone, so it tells you whether you are wanting to eat or not. And apparently, this study showed that the people who believed that the milkshake was a high-calorie, indulgent milkshake had reduced ghrelin levels in their stomach over the people who thought they had consumed the low-calorie ones. So they ended up not feeling hungry for longer because they assumed that they had gotten more calories when they were all drinking the same milkshake. Which brings me into our next study, also by Dr. Leah Crum and a few other ladies. They had a thought that maybe exercise was a placebo effect as well. And they were like, well, how do we even you know, study this or research it because most people that exercise are aware of the health benefits, you know what I mean? So they had this brilliant idea to use hotel housekeepers. Now, these are women who are on their feet all day, pushing carts, cleaning bathtubs, vacuuming, redoing sheets, all this jazz, and, you know, constantly working, constantly going up and down stairs if they needed to, picking things up. And, you know, none of them really believed that their job was physically taxing, but they just went home exhausted. So for the study's sake, to make sure they were starting on, you know, equal ground, they ended up asking the ladies how much exercise they got on a weekly basis. And a third of them, right off the bat, said, like, none, like, absolutely none. Which is, you know, kind of funny because their job is so physical. And another third said zero... Out of 10, they ranked it a 3. So, you know, they did not believe that they were getting a lot of physical activity. They just saw work as work. You know, dirty hands, clean money, humble. They weren't thinking that they were, you know, slaving so hard all day. Which is way more than what the average, you know, person is supposed to get, which I think is like half an hour of moderate exercise every day. So they took, like, you know, normal physiological tests that they usually do before a study like this, like weight, body fat percentage, and a bunch of other stuff that I don't really understand. 
So they randomized the women and split them up into two groups. And one group, they just told to, you know, keep working per usual. And the other group, they separated and really laid out all the information, kind of explaining, you know, the guidelines of what normal people should get, you know, every day, like average people for exercise. And they kind of showed how much like physical benefits they're really getting from their job, you know, doing such hard work every day. And of course, they were all instructed to, you know, continue life per usual, you know, work the same amount. None of them reported like a change in their diet. And they brought them back four weeks later, I think. And the group that was told that they had, you know, extra benefits from working like that had like actual health benefits. They actually lost weight, their blood pressure went down, and they just started feeling better about themselves and their job. Which obviously they should have been thanked for and, you know, appreciated before that, but they ended up feeling better, which is just wild to me, okay? And that brings us into our third study, which was not conducted by Dr. Crum, surprisingly. It was instead led by an Associate Professor Maria Kozenikov from the Department of Psychology at the National University of Singapore. And it showed for the first time that it is possible for core body temperature to be controlled by the brain. And the scientists found that core body temperature increases can be achieved using a certain meditation practice. And it could also help in boosting immunity to fight infectious diseases and, you know, immunodeficiencies. So the study was actually conducted on a group of nuns. Yes, nuns, like, you know, Catholic. Okay, so getting to it, there were nuns in Tibet. And they have this really sacred, like, meditation practice. I can't really pronounce what it's, you know, how you're supposed to say it. But during this unique ceremony, they were able to raise their core body temperature and dry up some wet sheets that were wrapped around their bodies in the cold Himalayan weather. Now we're talking like negative 25 degrees Celsius just because they were meditating. And that's just wildly insane to me. How could you dry up wet sheets around you just by meditating in freezing cold weather? So, of course, they wanted to figure out how this could be applied for other people that, you know, weren't nuns and weren't in such, you know, terrible conditions. And they found that mostly if you just used face breathing. Now, face breathing sounds kind of weird, but it's basically just like filling up your lungs as much as you can and imagining that they're filling up a vase. So all these studies obviously like blew my mind and took me for a turn, but it really makes sense, you know, because when we think about, you know, that old saying that like humans only use 10% of their brain, like it makes sense that we could be so much more capable than we know. And this kind of relates to something that I practice when I'm working out and I really want to hit a PR, a personal record, by the way, if you don't know what a PR is. Which I'm assuming you do because all of my lovely people who are listening to this definitely went to the gym after our episode three, right? Anyways, I'll stop bombarding you at least for now. But it's very common for people to, you know, give up on something 
because it starts getting hard. And this really shows up because when I'm working out, I will think that I'm not able to get one more rep. I'm like, I'm done. You know, I could never get this up. But your mind will quit before your body is done. Your body is so much more capable than you know of, but your mind tells it to stop because it wants you, you know, to protect yourself. Our minds are here to keep us alive, not to, you know, keep us happy. It's it's not its job. Its job is to keep us alive. And it does a great job at that. It's so great that it keeps you from achieving your full potential. Because I'll think that I can't get three more in, but then I'll just tell myself. The mind will give up before the body does. And I'll be able to get another one. And I'll tell myself that again. The mind will give up before the body does. And I'll be able to get another full rep. And I'll say it one more time. And if I get that one up, which I usually do... I go up and wait next time because I'm just selling myself short because your body doesn't understand that it's not a life or death situation. You know, it's just trying to keep you safe. But if you're really wanting to push out of your comfort zone and if maybe you've been going to the gym for a while and you haven't seen results, maybe you're just not selling yourself enough. You know, maybe you're not adding progressive overload. Maybe you still have energy left in the tank when you leave the gym. Which is fine if that's the way of your training, but if you really want to make a difference in your training, then you really need to push through those mental blocks and get through it. That's why planks are so hard. Okay, a lot of y'all are thinking that your abs and like core is just not that strong when your body can like hold a one minute plank, but in your head you can't. In your head, you've already made up your mind. That like relates to the quote where like, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. I truly believe that. Because if you're really so much in your head that you don't think you're going to be able to do it, of course not. That's why people always tell you to like, when you're first starting to learn how to drive or like ride a bike, they tell you to focus on the direction where you want to go, not what you're afraid of. That's like when I first started skiing, my dad was trying to teach me. I had this bad habit of like <laughs> if I was like seeing a kid like kind of get into my line of where I was planning on going I would just look at the kid you know and he'd be like look where you want to go not what you're wanting not what you're afraid to hit and it would make sense because whenever your head turns your body turns so that's the same with like archery you look where you want your arrow to go it's simple as that. Like, don't worry about what you're worried about. Just focus on what you need to focus on. Now, it sounds easy. And it sounds like, duh. You know what I mean? But it's harder to put into practice on a daily basis. Which brings up another Marcus Aurelius quote. And if you know me at all, I absolutely love, like, almost any Marcus Aurelius quote. But the quote says, Choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harmed. If you won't feel harmed, then you haven't been. So I guess a good way of explaining this would be if you are in a conversation with somebody, maybe a little altercation with someone, and their aim is to make you feel inferior, then if you don't accept what they're placing on you, then it doesn't matter. 
It's like that Princess Diaries quote that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So just don't consent to it. And don't consent to any BS that's coming from, like, your own mind saying that you can't do something. Because 2023 is the year that you go for it and you actually do it. No more excuses. If you can get one more rep, get one more rep. I believe in you. So step one to changing a mindset is even knowing that you have one. And the problem with that is that a lot of us don't do a lot of self-reflection. And we don't see things objectively in this world. We see it subjectively. We see it colored by our thoughts. So we think of it through the lens of, you know, how our day went today. See it through the lens of our previous experiences, our emotions, our intentions, and nothing's ever seen objectively for how it really is. We have something happen to us during the day, like, say, a flat tire. In the beginning, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening today. Like, I don't need this. And then you get yourself all worked up about it. When really, all you need to think about is, okay, all I need to do is change the tire and keep on going with my day. I mean, like, stuff happens. And you just got to roll with the punches. So step one to changing your mindset in 2023 is to know that you have one. Identify what they are. Because for a while, I didn't know that I had any. But ever since maybe maybe two years ago, and I still struggle with this. Like, every now and then, it'll crawl back up and remind me of, like, where I came from. And... I used to have this really bad victim mindset that, like, woe is me. Nothing will ever get better. I'll always be in this issue. It's always me. You know, I can never have anything good in my life. That's, like, literally what I thought. Literally. And it, it was not healthy for me at all. And most of it was just finances. I had such limited mindsets, like limited beliefs about money that I would always have to slave for it. It would never come easily. You know, I'd have to spend my days and nights working for it because, you know, I would just wasn't destined to ever have any. And I really had to shake myself out of it because it was holding me back. And I had no idea. Since I had no idea about this limited mindset, like, nothing ever got better. And it was, like, myself that was holding me back. It was my subconscious mind that had been programmed ever since I was really young to believe these things. And it was harming me. And I had no idea. So the biggest first step you can do is even know that you have one or suspect that you might have one. Because it's insidious and you never really know until you really do some self-reflection on it. And the second step is to analyze if it helpful or is it harmful. Because some limited mindsets could be trying to help you. I mean, your brain's job is to keep you alive, keep you part of the pack in society. It's not to keep you happy or to help you be successful. No, it wants you to survive for another day and stay in the pack because that's where you're safe but with my like financial 
mindset. It was really harming me because I always thought that, you know, like I said earlier, I would never have anything. I would always have to slave for it. I was always going to have to tread. I could never get my head above water. So you also need to identify if it is actually keeping you safe or if it's harming you. So finishing this up, you really just need to be adaptive. Because if you haven't figured it out yet or not, life is going to try to beat your ass every day. It's not going to give up. It's its job. And you've just got to be able to roll with the punches, like I said. And I mean, I'm here. I'm here to be your best bud through all of it. But this week's task will be to identify if you have anything. Really do some soul searching. Take your time. If you can't figure it out in a week, that's fine. And you're not going to be able to fix it in a week. This has been a two-year journey for me. So just do some soul searching. That's your task for the week. Figure out your default mode, whatever your subconscious mind ultimately leads you to. And then... It's 2023, baby. We're just getting started. Let's get this party on the road. Let's get the show on the road. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Anyways, I'm really proud of you. You're doing great. And even if you haven't stuck with your resolutions, it's not too late now. Keep going. Give yourself grace. If you got any value from this episode whatsoever, please give us a rate or review wherever you're listening to this. I really appreciate all of you guys. Especially the ones that keep coming back. You guys are the real ones. But, yeah, I love you guys so much. Watch for motorcycles. XOXO.